We are live. I'll just uh, check with Lewis again. Just give me a nod if it's all right, but I will. Hello, YouTubers and random Doctor Who fans. It's me, Ozzy, one part of the Mars Supreme podcast, joined with Lewis. Hello. What are you going to be doing today, Lewis? Moderating your comments and trying to keep conversations on track. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mana, introduce yourself. Hi. Hi, I'm Mana, uh, uh, another part of the Mana Supreme uh, YouTube channel. And uh, uh, today uh, we uh, will be talking to Billy Garrett John. Hello, everybody. Nice to see you all. Yeah. Nice to see you too, I'm Billy. Happy. It's great to have you here. And for for people who are not catching this live, this is like our third or fourth attempt at doing this. Yeah, we seem to be having technical difficulties on every single one, but I think we're just going to roll with this unless it's like unlistenable. Is it the audio input capture? Is that what it is? Okay, so let's just get on with it. So, hello, Billy. How? Hello. Talk. Talk. We've said this so many times now. <laughs> so just explain so to us your Doctor right Who journey. Now. Yeah, I'll tell you about my Doctor Who journey. Yeah. So my cool. dad was a big fan when he was a kid. Um, Doctor Who 1999, he wanted to watch it, wanted to stay in and watch it, but he was gigging. Mum taped it for him, and the next day I walked into the room and watched it. And then, yeah, from there, uh, I just have friends and family sort of uh, supporting me with my Whovianness. So grandparents taping episodes of Doctor Who off UK Gold, buying VHSs and DVDs, Doctor Who magazine, getting Doctor Who Target books as sort of hand-me-downs, and obviously the Dapol figures as well. And then occasionally, like, the odd trip somewhere that was Doctor Who related, so, like, uh, the Longley exhibition um, and the one at um, Clanger Helen as well, the Doctor Who experience, the old Doctor Who experience, the OG one, which was in the Dapol factory. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I've got loads of memories of, of that, and they're all very, very strong, those memories that, you know, um, and I think that's kind of what carries you through as a fan, isn't it? It's the, it's the memories that last the longest with you for something. That's kind of the, the thing you're, you're going to gravitate towards, isn't it? Um, makes the biggest impression on you. So, yeah, and that's, that's, that's who's, who I am today. It's made me who I am today as a fan. Yeah, it's interesting now you mentioned Clangorn because I remember going to Clangorn on like family holidays and stuff. And do you remember the sign with the uh, the Dalek on it? Yeah, there's you a few see of them sign? still around, I think. There's like an, is it an AA sign with like a yeah, nice yeah. like stylized Dalek on it? There's still yeah. one. I don't know if it's been taken down yet, but and I'm not advocating for anybody to do this, but I'm sure it would fetch a pretty penny online if you were to take it. There is still one of those signs in Cardiff round the back of a couple of newer housing developments near um the where the experience used to be and, and where the uh, the studios are um at the drama village in cardiff so you know they're not going to need it anymore so no. you know somebody oh, think don't, about don't mention the experience i just kind of cry every time <laughs> i ever hear about it it's so sad try to it. it is so as in nowadays is your relationship as strong as it was when you were a um, kid? I'd say it's it's evolved. I don't think it's any stronger or any less strong necessarily. I think that I've reached a point with the programme where I've got so much going on in real life that, you know, you can't, you can't kind of gift as much time to Doctor Who as you used to when you were younger. 
you know, when all I had to worry about was homework and making sure that I was in Saturday night in front of the telly with, you know, a bowl of chips. You know, yeah, that's yeah. all you have to worry about, really, when you're 10 years old. Um, so I, I'd say that I, I'm very happy with where I am with the show because I, I have a much deeper appreciation for the way that it's made and for the people who have worked on it or who work on it and the operations that go behind running a television program. So I think I, I'm just at a nice place with it where I, I just enjoy it for what it is now. I'm not looking to overanalyze it necessarily, which I, I suppose entirely dispenses with the point of the review of death, but there we have it. Um, I, I don't have to be pouring through Gallifrey Base um, looking for spoilers and spoiling seasons for myself, I'm quite happy just to sit in front of the telly on a Sunday night now and just let it wash over me. Um, and I'll take the things away that I liked about it and I'll take the things away I didn't like about it and I'm happy with that. Um, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to think about it much more beyond that. And of course, there's still a lot to draw our attention. I mean, you've got the collection sets, which are, you know, always a source of excitement. And, and I think that does fuel a lot of Doctor Who fans now, it certainly does feel me because it's the idea of reappreciating these stories. Uh, and I think that everybody is starting to do that and, and is starting to develop the faculties to kind of separate the, sh the shows and, and, it, and its eras and respect what it was trying to do. Obviously, when you're in the heat of the moment and there's a season of Doctor Who on telly that you're not a massive fan of, it's difficult to sort of park those feelings, you know, um, and look at, look, at, look at it like, well, we probably will like this 20 years from now. I know, I know, what was it, Orphan 50, 53? Or whatever or it was 55, called. yeah. 55. 55. Um, 53. Um, <laughs> I, I know that obviously that wasn't lauded and I wasn't a massive fan of it, but I, I wasn't sort of offended by it in a way I might have been when I was younger. Where I was like, that was rubbish, Doctor Here. And wow, it wasn't very good. So it was rubbish, Doctor Here. It's like, this wasn't my cup of tea that week. And most people liked it. So whatever, it's all good. And when I it came I out off of 55, I, I actually quite really enjoyed it as like a, a campy sci-fi throwaway kind so, of thing. There we go. Yeah. Perfect example, you know, and, and like, I don't have to take lumps out of you, Ozzy, because you liked it more than I did. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's, and I think that people online need to sort of realise that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Billy, have you got any, I don't suppose you've got like any sort of, you know, young people you know like kids in your life that you see because uh, I mean in terms of Doctor Who because I've got a little sibling they're like six and they watch Doctor Who and it's it's quite a different experience sort of watching it with them um, you know they have access to like the whole you know I play all 12 series and stuff so yeah they, they get to experience it for the the first time and and you know rewatch certain stories that maybe you as an adult wouldn't have thought to to yeah or anything like that totally um, I, I don't really anymore i used to, my my little cousin uh, uh got into it um around the time that matt smith became the doctor and then he, because i was a massive fan he obviously used me as like a jumping on point and was asking which action figures do I need to buy, which episodes do I need to watch. So I saw him develop as a fan at that time. Not so much anymore. I don't really know many kids. But I, I have to say, I, I've had more experiences as an adult 
um, where I've encountered children who are actively pursuing Jody merchandise or whatever, or who are actively uh, responding to what they're seeing on telly with Jody, than I have for other doctors. I remember working in Waterstones and a little girl coming in and asking where the Doctor Who annuals were, and her dad picked it off the shelf for her, and her face lit up when she saw, saw Jodie, you know. Um, so I, I, I have a, a, um, witnessed moments like that, but I, I can't say that I have somebody in my life who I see that through. But that's really interesting that you do, because at the end of the day, they're, they're the target audience for Doctor Who. Yeah, I was thinking about that, how, how you know, wrapped up so many Doctor Who fans on the internet get, and... Then you look at, in my case, my little sibling watching Doctor Who and talking about Doctor Who and, uh, you know, getting Doctor Who merchandise and stuff. Sometimes donated from Oscar. Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> um, 10 action figures from me. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, um, uh, yeah and, and, and you just realise none of it matters. None of the, the leaks or spoilers or or... or anger and discussion or you know points of contention doesn't matter no not at all at the end at the end of the day it's just sort of what the what the what the kids think i i i agree yeah i mean I, just as you said all that stuff doesn't matter i mean like oh, what a pain in the ass they've had graham coming back leaked that that must be oh, dreadful yeah wait is but, that true I've not been keeping up with the leaks. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I, I literally just saw it on Twitter now. So yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah. Um, Can I just, so I... just for just for a second? Uh, uh, just saying hello to someone in the chat. Uh, yeah, just saying hello to Mia in the chat. Yeah, just someone I know who's turned up. I just it just unexpected. So <laughs> take it back, oh, nice. head, Billy. <laughs> um. Uh. I've I've completely forgotten where I was. Sorry. Um, uh, Graham in series 13 yeah like it's a pain mm. that that's been leaked but then ultimately yeah six-year-olds i mean God, i hope not six-year-olds aren't on twitter uh they don't care you know and, and like yeah all that stuff about when they become fans it's a bit like to be honest i I'm a, I'm a big professional wrestling fan it's a bit like when you suddenly get smartened up to pro wrestling because you stop enjoying it at that point as a child who looks at Hulk Hogan and goes, wow, you're a superhero, like a racist superhero, but wow, you're a superhero, you know? And, you know, I imagine them looking at guys like Roman Reigns now or like in AEW, like Kenny Omega and CM Punk and stuff. They are superheroes. But when you get smartened up to the industry, you then appreciate it on a whole other level. So when you become a Doctor Who fan who gets into spoilers and speculation and blah, 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 then you're like, well, actually, I'm, in, I'm into the production side of it now. Um, and stuff like, you know, Doctor Who Confidential back in the day really fueled that. It's yeah, a shame there I isn't really an I don't think I'd be where I was, sort of aiming to be a filmmaker if exactly. it wasn't for Doctor Who Confidential. I, I, and I, I think that, um, I think that people are aware of that. I certainly think that people know how influential it was and what a success it was. Um, but it's just a shame it's that no one's pulled the trigger to bring it back. Um, yeah. You know, doing Doctor Who alone is enough of a big gig. But when you, you know, at the time we're adding Sarah Jane, Torchwood, Totally Doctor Who, Doctor Who Confidential, Doctor Who at the Proms, the Doctor Who cartoons that started coming out, you know, with uh, Infinite Quest and Dreamland and all that kind of stuff. Like mm. Russell, like, I don't know any, if anybody could ever do that again. I don't know what he was... Well, he you worked know, his arse off. <laughs> absolutely. And you think, my God, like, 
could that happen now? Would you? Is there anybody out there that could run a franchise like that? I don't. I don't think so. I think he was a one man Marvel, pretty much Marvel Studios, um, doing all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think you do develop as a fan, and I and I I think there's another kind of level you get like with 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 Doctor Who as a fan where you get slightly older and you just maybe reach my point of apathy and just like I love I love Doctor Who, it's great. I'm not going to get stressed about it now though, you know. I'm 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 too. I love Doctor Who too much to sort of hate it anymore. You know, to properly. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't no. matter. Just... And that's why I privatized most of the stuff that was on my my YouTube account, my old YouTube account, because it wasn't representative of who I was anymore. You know, yeah. taking taking lumps out of class. You know, if we ever get around to doing class on the review of death, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll be honest about it. But we will also approach it from a much more grown-up perspective, you know, where these people are only trying to make this work, you know, and why didn't it work? Well, it's not through anybody purposefully trying to sabotage it, you know. Nobody does that in telly. Nobody actively goes out to make something bad. Um, and nine times out of ten, it's not bad, it's just not your cup of tea. So, um, so yeah, I think everybody reaches that point but then you look on the internet and you're like well there's there's a 43 year old who's, who's yelling at people half his age and i don't th- i don't think they're ever going to get the message um yeah, in which case one, you just ignore them and block them and, and move on with your life the one thing that does sicken me the most is the fact that um people like that kind of just focus on one aspect and don't take into account that an entire team of people work on this as yep. in they'll just dismiss the writing but everything else everything else they they don't care about and like people bleed and put so much work into everything else and it just really infuriates me how people kind of disrespect like tv and film just because of one thing if you get what i mean especially especially tv because Mm. tv i've got the choice as to whether or not i put that box on in the corner that's that's my decision if i put something on if i've invited a program into my home and i don't like it you're going to get way more annoyed about it because she's like i've wasted my time on that I, I suppose similarly, paying a movie theatre ticket is the same. So I paid my money. I demand to have the exact kind of movie I wanted or thought mm. this was. You know what I mean? And with with telly especially, you know, and the BBC is always, you know, on the chopping block. Um, you know, it's always under scrutiny. And I just think that of all the programmes and of all the things to complain about in the world, you choose to beat the BBC over the head with Doctor Who. Like... Yeah. Come on, it's it's like you know, it's still being made. Mm-hmm. I, I I grew up just thinking, well, I'm not going to have Doctor Who. I've got Doctor Who on VHS, but it's not quite the same as having my own Doctor Who. I'm never going to have that moment that my dad told me about when he first saw his first Doctor. You know what I mean? I'm not going to have that. It's like we do. We've got nothing to complain about, really. No, I mean we do get spoiled in a lot of things, especially merchandise, which I am going to segue into now. Exactly. Uh, so, a piece of merchandise which you have, Billy, that not your favourite, but it sums you up as a person and has the most sentimental meaning. So, if you looked at it, you go, "That's Billy Garrett John writing that piece of piece of merchandise." What would it be? I I actually have it. Do you want me to grab it? Go on. This is a I visual thing as well. Please, it. <laughs> no, no, it will. So, my um, my. Granddad used to work at a place called Avon Tin, okay. um, which used to produce, you know, all sorts of bits and bobs. 
And one day he brought a couple of bits of bobs back to my dad's. And one of them, which was produced at the factory, was this, which is uh, an official 70s TARDIS money box. And um, stamped at the back, BBC Enterprises Limited, 1980. They also produced another one with Peter Davison peering out of it once um, Tom had buggered off. But um, this is actually my dad's original one that my granddad gave to him. And I've still got it. So I suppose if, if there was, yeah, if there was anything, it would be, it would be this. And I've actually now subsequently bought on eBay the Davison version as well. So I've got both of them, one at my parents and one here. So I'd say probably that actually. <laughs> Lucky That's I cool. had that here. Otherwise that would have been really awkward to explain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom Baker printed on the front of a, a TARDIS. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So, um, Next thing I was wanting to ask you was about your, I don't know how much you've been asked about this, but your old YouTube channel about oh, uh, Still Better yeah. Than Moffat and all that kind of stuff. For all, the, all the OG who, content, yeah. Yeah, for people who are perhaps new to uh, the review of Death and Stuff, could you give us a little bit of an explanation of like Still Better Than Moffat and all your old stuff? <laughs> I think it's important to preserve oh, that kind of thing. Okay, <laughs> okay. So I used, yeah, I used to have a YouTube channel, I used to review bits and bobs, um, used to throw a lot of shade, and I'm not particularly proud of it. Um, I, I, if, yeah, it felt, it felt a bit like one of those drama channels that you get now for like makeup and stuff for, in, in the YouTube sector. Um, at least that's how it feels to me now. But um, I used to do a thing where I watched my old fan films, and it was called Still Better Than Moffat. And so I'd watch my old Doctor Who fan films from sort of like 2011, 2014, 13. But God, no, I'd stopped by the time I got to university. Thank Christ. Um, but I, yeah, it was it was uh, it was great. Um, I really enjoyed doing that. That was probably one of my my other favourite things I've done on on YouTube is be that that series because everybody's tried to do a Doctor Who fan film or everyone's made a Doctor Who fan film or people are still making them and they're awesome. You know. Uh, it was just really nice to open up that chapter of, of my development as a fan is, is, you know, making my fan films. And also, yeah, I guess eventually entering the professional industries after that as well. So it's all, it's, it's all part of the story, I suppose. Yeah. 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 I, I got to say like, um, I think I watched every single one that came out and still better than off. It was always one of my favorite things to come home to and watch after school. Oh, great. that's cool. So awesome. just want to thank you for that. You're very welcome. No, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed doing them while I was doing. Them. Yeah, cool. Yeah, us, me and Oscar. Well, me, Oscar, and Lewis. You know, we've we've had our fair share of uh, Doctor Who fan film type things, haven't we? We have. There's a couple on this channel. Uh, <laughs> go check out if you want to laugh. If you want to laugh, go check them out. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pass over to Lewis. See if we've got any uh, questions. Well, we don't have any questions, but if you're in the chat now, please ask, <laughs> ask a question and uh, just say, who have we got in the chat? Who's commented? Uh, we've got Devran Hassan, as usual. Hey, Devran, how's it going? Um, and we've got the people we've shouted out already. We've got Paul Denman and we've got Mia as well. So make sure you put those questions in the chat, guys. And on the last video, oh, yeah. if you go on my channel, there's uh, people have put some questions in the, um, in the chat. No, no. So we'll just read those out. Just that one, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, the people ones. Uh, so, from... 
Zero Doctor Zero. Who? Yeah. <laughs> see if it's an actual question. Go on then. Go on. So from Zero Doctor Zero, he says, "Long-time viewer of both Billy and Matt, a question I wanted to ask Billy is how did he first get into Doctor Who? What his favourite story is from each season of Classic Who? And does he collect any Doctor Who merchandise other than Blu-ray and other media's? I mean, we already did the first one, and I think for the second one, that's a bit. There's like 20 seasons of Classic Who, so we won't do. We might do a be here for a while. Each, a favourite from each Doctor, List I think, all is probably 26 fair. seasons. Oh my god. In alphabetical order. No, I think, I think a favourite from each Doctor is probably a little bit more doable. Okay. Uh, from each Doctor. Uh, can I do underrated ones from each Doctor? I'll do, under, yeah, I'll do on, ones on. that I think should be given a bit more kudos. Mm. For the first Doctor, I'd say uh, Edge of Destruction. I think that's excellent. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, well, second Doctor, Seeds of Death always needs more love. I think that's a fantastic story. Um, third Doctor, Curse of Peladon, my favourite Doctor Who story of all time. Uh, fourth Doctor, uh, watch part one of Underworld and don't watch the rest of it. Um, I'm joking. I, I, uh, Invasion of Time. Invasion of Time is is uh, it's long and arduous, but it's I, I think there's a lot to enjoy in it. Um Fifth Doctor, not a uh, terminus. I like terminus. Uh, sixth Doctor, vengeance on Varos. Um, seventh Doctor, greatest show in the galaxy. Eighth Doctor, can't do anything there. Um, ninth Doctor, Father's Day. Tenth Doctor, the waters of Mars. Eleventh Doctor, oh, I quite liked. I quite liked. Ah, um, oh, okay, it's completely gone. I remember the name? Yeah, Lewis I like the one that I uh, can't. Smith era fan, so he'll, he'll... can't remember. The, I, I like. I like. I like the one I can't remember the name of. Um, Go on, describe it. What, ha- what happens in it? Do I have a favourite eleventh Doctor story? No, I quite like the God Complex. I like God the God Complex. complex. Okay. Um, Twelve. Listen. That's good fun. Controversial. And yeah, I quite I, I I remember liking that story. I haven't seen it for a while though. And then uh, thirteen, I really like the Sananga conundrum. I think people give that. A I bad do as rap. well. I do as well. I loved the Sananga conundrum when it came out. It, it feels always... like a silly Doctor Who runaround in a spaceship, and yeah. the monster's cool, and there's this, there's like spaceships flying around. Like it's, it's a cool episode, of Doctor Who. The thing is, I think with the Shiranga conundrum, I think that's why it was so unpopular is because all the stories up until that point did have a slow pace anyway. There wasn't really like much momentum. Not to say the stories were particularly bad. I just didn't think that there was an awful lot of momentum in the first four stories. And then when we got to the Shiranga conundrum, it was like, oh, we're doing another slow one. And I think yeah, that's probably what a, put people off. I, I, I'd, agree, I'd agree with that. It does have a slower pace. I like the fact it takes its time a bit more with stuff though, because the breakneck pace of the Moffat era was something that always slightly put me off. Yeah, um, I mean, especially but, like the um, Witch is Familiar and stuff like that, where it's like way too exactly, sporadic. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that it was a slightly more sort of calm, measured, you know, chilled approach. People died. They allowed emotional beats to sort of set in. And I was like, I'm liking this. And then Slanger Conundrum happened. It was the first time they went, let's do a silly one. You know, all the other ones had been quite, you know, worthy. Not po-faced, but had been a bit more sort of, this is this is new, serious Doctor Who. And then Sinanga Conundrum happened, and it was like, ah, oh, that's Doctor Who. There you go. What does Mana think of Sinanga Conundrum? Don't ask me. 
I, I'll put another one I in. I love all Doctor Who equally. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. I, uh, I, also, I also liked... Um, can you hear me a lot as well? All right. What did you... That one's quite controversial just because of the... One of those last few scenes with the, you know, the Doctor and Graham. Yes, that's true. What's your take on that? Um, I, I mean, I don't think it's it's framed. I think the optics of it are pretty bad. Um, I, I think there is a time for the Doctor to do that whole kind of. I'm socially awkward. Sorry, I'm, I'm alien. I don't really know how to do these things. And there's also a time, and there's there's a way to do that delicately. Um, to Graham, and I think they were relatively delicate with it but I, I just still think that it's like what's written down on the page has a different meaning to what's happening on the screen there's a bit of a disconnect I think in terms of what the intention was supposed to be with that sequence and I think it ended up being a bit too ambiguous and then then obviously people then put their interpretation of, of it of it being a negative yeah. thing on top of it um, I don't think it's it's nearly as bad on, on a first viewing as I think it later becomes when you watch it and you put on that whole she's being quite unpleasant here. You, you, you make it wear that hat. And then I think, you, yeah, that then it doesn't look great. But it's, um, you should never really want your doctor to look like they're being mean or nasty or, or inconsiderate to anyone. So the fact Perfect that they, they did- at the beginning of his run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and well, I mean, and, and that, was, that was fun for a bit, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But I, I think, yeah, you, you don't want to leave the doctor's morals up to interpretation really you just mm. kind of want to make it clear like the doctor's a good person and that's kind of it cool uh so we've got manu you wanted to ask this question the next one. Oh yes um yeah because I, I i basically you know outside of doctor i only think about basically you know filmmaking tv work that sort of thing um so i, I you said before before we started how you can't discuss specific projects, but I wanted to talk about your uh, TV work and in, in jobs and stuff. Uh, uh, you said you uh, graduated from university. Um, what did you What did you uh, do after that? Um, after that, I, I did something that you you do have to get used to in, in telly, which is not working for long periods of time. And when you can't work or don't have work, uh, supplementing that with, you know, working in retail and stuff like that. So that was immediately what happened um, upon graduating. I had done a weekend running on another show, which had got me my first credit. Uh, and that first credit is always important, you know, because then you can make a CV. You can start a CV and start sending that yeah. to people and blah, blah, blah. Um so, yeah, immediately after leaving university, I was quite lucky. I got a contract with a production company in the Southwest and started working on um, a big studio production, uh, which I've done for the last sort of, it covers the first six months of each year. And this is my fourth year on that, on that show. Um, mm. And I've worked on lots of other bits and bobs. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think I've been quite lucky. I don't think I'm a, I'm a typical... Um, sort of I mean I work hard obviously but I, I'm not a typical case I think a lot of people struggle more and I've struggled to get work but I think a lot of people have struggled more um and maybe have worked um in a position for longer before then moving up but I, I think a lot of that is, is, is happenstance it's making yourself invaluable which is sort of the most important thing in telly yeah but um and obviously and obviously hard work and graft and and, and being nice to people and 
and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think I'm, I'm a rare case in, in, in that regards. Yeah, I wanted to ask, like, For me, I was quite lucky because I was furloughed during the initial lockdown, and um, I I had a, a job which started so that, that 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 main job that I had for the first six months ended in March at the start of March because of the lockdown. I got furloughed, and then we didn't come back until August, I don't think. But then after that, we were producing under COVID regulations, and obviously for the subsequent series for this this year, uh, we were under COVID regs as well. Um, I mean, it was it was incredibly worrying, um, and especially the way that it, it was kind of uncertain how freelancers, because you know you work freelance in the industry most of the time, um, how they would cope and where that money would come from. So very stressful, squeaky bum times at the beginning, but. I got I got through it okay. Um, the environment of working in it was interesting because we were the first big studio show of that kind to go back into production. So everybody was looking at what happened to us, and either we were going to trip up and there would be some uh, hole in the plan, which was just you know sod's law, and people were going to say, "Well, don't do what they did," or it was going to be a massive success and everybody was going to go, "Well, they've made it work. Why can't we make it work?" And thankfully, it was the latter because um, the production team on it are, are superb and they, they cover, covered every possible angle. So it was weird and a bit alienating and dehumanizing. And, and when you work in telly and your job is to talk to people all the time and to, um, you know, form a bond with them or whatever, that's really difficult when you can only see half of their face. But we, we got through it and um, produced two really great seasons of telly. And it's also been quite good, actually, because it's expanded work because you can work from home. You know, my other half has been working remotely since she's had like three days in the office since last August, I think. Um, and a couple of days on set, she's off actually at the moment working on Chelsea Flower Show. So everybody watch that daytime and evenings because you'll see her name in the credits. Um, so, yeah, like this is the first time she's been able to get out and do stuff um that's the worst part is the working from home and not being on set or being on a location or being in a production office around your co-workers and you know having a laugh um that's that's been difficult that's probably the hardest part of all of it i'd say right i'm just going to quickly pass to lewis because we've got a few questions apparently from the live chat yes so first question that popped up i can see is from devran again uh what is your most likable or maybe even favorite dalek design from classic and new series uh i've always wanted to own an imperial dalek action figure and i never have but they are my favorites i think grab that white dalek carry on um i love an imperial dalek 3D yeah 3d printed 3d printed wow holy yes. hell i know i've got That's a 3d printer now so go on wow okay um wow that's gorgeous I, I, yeah um so I say classic Imperial. Modern day, I just like the classic RTD. I was thinking the other day that, you know, they, I know the paradigm is a, a kind of Marmite, but you can't improve on what they did in 2005. I don't think there's anything more you can do to it. The only time I've ever seen a Dalek silhouette or a Dalek model redone, I thought, oh yeah, is the stuff that, is it James Johnson on Twitter does? 
those Daleks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's seeds, really like, good. Those redesigns are all gorgeous, and I'd, I'd love to see any of them. Yeah, I know, hire, honestly. Hire these people. They are, these people. They are they so incredible. incredible. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Hang on, any more questions? From Alex Rose. If you were to make your own episode, what would you want to include? Possibly villains, companions, which doctor you'd prefer? Uh, it would have to be a Beatles episode. Mm. Um, I've Beatles always wanted about before, how it would be. <laughs> yeah, I knew, yeah, I knew yeah. you'd say that. Yeah. Have you yeah. have you listened to uh, Fanfare for the Common Man? Yeah, I, I love that story. Yeah, yeah, it's good fun. I always thought that would be the easiest way into doing a Doctor Who story is to kind of have, yeah, like a replacement Beatles or something. But um, I've always loved the image that if they actually did a third Dalek film, they would get Patrick Troughton in it. And they do Doctor Who meets the Beatles uh, in an adventure with the Daleks, and it's like you know, it's it's like a hard day's night, but you know, instead of running around for no reason whatsoever, they are running away from Daleks or whatever, and John's getting shirty with a Roboman or whatever, and all that kind of stuff. I I think that would have um, that would be cool. So I I, I do something like that. I think oh, that'd be so cool. I kind of wish that they would tap a bit bit more into. Um more pop culture stuff like the Beatles and my idea was to yeah. maybe do something like uh, an episode with Apple and maybe Steve Jobs or something like that like a Cyberman episode like that I don't know it's I kind of have this weird idea like that I, I don't it, know if they it, could it, legally do that I don't know could they if they got them in there I think you could do a cyber story but like I don't know everybody singing All You Need Is Love breaks yeah. their emotional inhibitors and they all cry to death or something that that sounds good. That sounds something, good. Something something better than like uh, better than the closing time ending where um, yeah, not, Alfie not, cried. Not by not by much. Not by much. <laughs> not by much. <laughs> yeah, we we both love closing time. I love closing time. Uh, okay, so have we got any more live questions? One, one last question. question. Uh, Scribbles the screen asks. It's the first question that popped into the head. Uh, do you watch Red Dwarf? Because they've been watching a lot. I watch a lot of Red Dwarf. I love Red Dwarf. I love uh, season five is my favourite. I mean, Quarantine is my favourite episode. Um, so I love love season five of Red Dwarf. I love all the seasons of Red Dwarf, to be honest. I mean, season eight, I'm not massive on. And season seven, when they lose the audience, it loses a bit of energy. But the Dave seasons are really good as well. And I really liked the last special. Um, I thought that was good fun. So, yeah, I'm a, bit, I'm a big fan of Red Dwarf. Yeah, same. My granddad brought me up on Red Dwarf and Doctor Who, so... That's of, the only way to do it. That's all you need, really, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, okay, so I'm going to move on to the next section, and after this section, we're going to have a, a break. Uh, so, I wanted to ask you about Bristol 2019, We Are Cult. What was that oh, like yeah, yeah, to yeah. set up, and uh, what was the journey from that to... Was it Manchester after that? Uh, just talk us through yeah. the live show thing. The live show thing was was weird. I mean, we always thought, oh, that would be the coolest thing to do is to do a live show. We'd love to do that. Um, and we, yeah, we, we were contacted uh, or did, oh, I can't remember who, who opened the first lines of communication, but um, spoke with Jay Gent, who runs We Are Cult. Um, and had a, and, and it just, just kind of happened, really. And, and, we, and we really enjoyed doing those shows. We've done one in Bristol, one in Cardiff. And then hopefully there'll be another one at some point in the next, you know, sort of within the next year or something. And then from there, yeah, we did we did a convention in Manchester. We did Vorp, which was really good fun. 
it just kind of happened by sticking our noses in the way and just sort of going like, well, could we could, could we have a spot? Could we have like an hour or something? We've, you know, we've got this channel and, you know, we, we reckon we could sell X number of tickets and they, you know, don't have a problem with that. So they they invite us along to these things and that's really cool. Um, we did Pandorica with Phantom in Bristol. And then the last one we did, yeah, was the Cardiff, the last We Are Cult one in Cardiff, which happened just before the lockdown. Uh, which was lovely, but that's that's really good fun. I really enjoy doing those, and it's quite nice to have like levels. The review of death, you know, like having the podcast, having the social media, having the live events and stuff. It just kind of adds another dimension to what we can do. Um, and I'm looking forward to doing more. I just, I just I wish that you know COVID would actually disappear now, so we could we can do those. Yeah, things. that would be nice. The uh, the trailer for the bootleg thing was just shown to you guys, and I wanted to ask Billy whether he remembers them in 2007. I do remember them. I don't remember if I first saw them in person. If I did, I know exactly the kind of shops I would have seen them in. Um, but I do remember them, definitely seeing them on uh, DoctorWhoToys.net for the first time. Yeah, and being yeah. like, oh, wow. I suppose really it's the most, it's the sincerest form of flattery, isn't it? Mm. You know, is, is somebody copying you and ripping you off? I suppose that's the first thing, the first indication, like, hey guys, we might be doing something right. These guys are trying to do rip off merch of our TV show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I love it. I love it. Bootleg stuff's always fun because it's, it's all, it's like, it's, it's somebody else's approximation of something you know a lot about. And so it's like, so they've looked at Doctor Who, whatever materials they've had to hand, trailers or whatever, and they've they've got a car. Well, we know that the thing that they fly in the spaceship's blue, so we'll paint it blue and we'll just put those stickers on it. Like, it's such a, a broad stroke of Doctor Who whenever they do, you know, uh, bootleg merch. Oh, I just love it. There's just a massive world of that kind of stuff and oh, I've just got such a deep love for it. Uh, so we'll just pass on to Lewis, and then after Lewis, I'll pass on to Marna. So we've got some more questions on that video. These are going to be quick fire, Billy. We won't spend too long on these uh, oh, ones because cool. there's quite there's quite a few. So uh, I'll let Lewis start off. Uh, so a quick one. We'll start with for Billy rather than us. Uh, soaring egret. Uh, oh, he's already asked you about the market one. Uh, comfortable answering what was going to happen in the council uh, the cancelled i think he means seventh doctor animation adventure series made by your friend batman march it's more of a question for uh, me but i don't know yeah i don't know i don't know we, we were talking a little while ago about um using like a like scripts for stuff he never ended up finishing for something um which we could still do but um yeah, he, he's definitely the person to ask about his action figure adventures as much as I love them as well. I put a bit of a spin on that and ask about the audio series, which was going to happen, then never happened. I was really excited for that and it never came to fruition. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, I mean, that, though, Matt's audio series, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's still around. Right. Um, and 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 we were speaking about it as, as recently as sort of start of the year. So it is something we'd like we'd, we'd like to do something with because the material's there and it's really cool. But the stuff that Matt had planned, um, you know, I always just like it going like, tell me, tell me about the the story thread to the first series again, and then he he'd go off and tell me about it. So 
but yeah, it, it's it's good. It's it's definitely worth digging out and doing something with at some point, and I'm sure we will. Cool. Uh, another one from Bill from Becky Simpson. Bill. <laughs> Bill. Uh, yes, you are. Uh, if you were given a chance to be showrunner for Fourth Doctor Who, uh, but knowing fully well that your era would be as controversial. Um, with Colin Baker as the current Jodie Whittaker era, would you still take the job? Would I Would I take the job if I knew that my season Doctor Who would be controversial? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, like, like, but, like, everything's controversial to somebody. Some people think it's controversial that the majority of the people in the TARDIS, you know, oh, sorry, half the people in the TARDIS are not white. Some people think that that's controversial. Do you know what I mean? Like, it... it if, if 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 I made a show that was controversial to people who thought that, then yeah, I'd love to do Doctor Who. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous, really, isn't it? <laughs> Mental. Mental. Mm. Any more? Uh, from Richard Coleman, one of our longer viewers. Uh, he says a lot, like, he enjoys the review of Death with you and Matt. It's fun and interesting takes. Um, wants to congratulate you on the excellent adaptation and production. It's a dead uh, dimension. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Skim reading it, so I don't know. Uh, but he wants to ask: Has there been any development of your plans to create stories with an original Doctor? And yeah, this is. Would you be prepared, prepared to share teasers? I, I read this before. This is kind of like coming off of the Dark Dimension thing, and I think Richard's wondering if you were going to do any more of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the the, the plan is still there. I mean, I've 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 got one recorded. Um, I've got one done. It's just a case of putting it together. And at the moment, the review of death is sort of my main focus. I mean, you know, because Matt and I have been sitting on the idea to do the review of death in this format for years. And we didn't expect it to spring up on us as suddenly as it did sort of this year when it when it first started. Um, so that sort of took us by surprise. And so that is my primary focus. I'd like to get them out in some, in some way because the stories that are written are all brilliant. Um, and... I'd like I'd like people to hear them and see them because they were such a great um, little set of, of stories. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to do something with it at some point. Yeah. Nice. Have we got any more that we can go off or? Uh, there is one more that I can ask Billy, and then the rest are sort of mono screen ones. So probably want to say yeah, we'll answer that. Those in a different thing, I think. Video. Just for time. So checking for live ones. Um, it was I think I'll check who it was in a second, but it was. Is there any basically? Old elements of Doctor Who, like it's not coming up now. I can't find it. Here we are. Uh, Donovan, Donovan Baker, sorry. What Doctor Who monster or plot element would you like to bring back to the current show, and what spin-off material would you like to see next? I'd like to see another Doctor Who confidential, and I'd like. Or I mean, the obvious answer to Doctor Who spin-offs is always an Eighth Doctor Time War series or a Joe Martin series. So probably a Joe Martin series is number one. And then I would say the element or the monster I'd want to bring back from the classic series. Matt and I were asked that the other night on one of our Patreon Q&As. And um, we both basically listed a bunch of 80s monsters, Terraleptils, Tractators, uh, Tetraps. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, they all begin with a T. Uh, but uh, yeah, like we all thought that, hey, we'd like to see a remodeled new, new series version of those monsters. They'd look cool. So, um, yeah, something like that. Something from the 80s that didn't get enough love at the time. It's fair. It's fair. I do like the Terraleptals quite a bit. Go on, I'll, uh, Mana, I'll pass that over to you for the next in the, uh, in the notes. Uh, I am looking... 
I don't know what what you're talking about. No, the 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 no, the document I sent you. <laughs> that's it. That's all I've got. It's, oh yeah, that that's that is it, isn't it? Yeah, you kind of already answered this next one already about what you'd like to see. <laughs> also, I just realised oh, my mic was switched off for like ten minutes. Oh no! And I was talk I was talking at you and you weren't responding. Oh my! I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, it's oh fine. that's my fault. <laughs> oh well. I was just gushing and offering help in case, like for for, for the audio series you're doing, trying to get uh, my foot in the door. Well, I, I've got, and of course that was the time where the microphone was off. Yes. Uh. Yeah, we were. Uh, yeah. Me, me and Manu were. Well, Manu was recording lines for an audio series. Do you want to oh, explain yes. what that's about got... and ask where the Billy knows about it? Yeah. Um. I was. I auditioned. Uh from a, a Twitter casting call from uh, Spectral Horizons. Okay. Um, and I only knew that because, uh, about it, because um, uh, Mr. Tardis Reviews uh, retweeted it. And I looked through them just out of curiosity and I saw that there was, you know, an audition for a, you know, trans feminine character. So I was like, hey, like who else is going to do that? <laughs> I'm cool. going to do that. Um, yeah, and they, I, I auditioned and I got the role and yeah, uh, and then me and Oscar, sh we snuck into uni and snuck into one of the sound studios that are not reserved for <laughs> our course, but it was open. So uh, <laughs> anyway, we uh, recorded those lines and yeah, it was quite a lot of fun. Just haven't heard anything from them since. <laughs> Oh, but it's it's it is good fun doing that stuff. I remember, yeah, yeah, like like I've always enjoyed recording voiceovers and and voice related stuff. Like the Daleks were great fun to do for for Dark Dimension, and the Cybermen were great fun to do for Dark Dimension. Um, so yeah, it is it is great fun. There's a, there's a certain buzz you get off of doing voiceovers and just using your voice. You don't have to worry about what the rest of you is doing or looking like. Yeah. There's something quite expressive and freeing about that. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you come out of it, and I've I've heard my voice back and gone. Well, firstly, I'm like, oh, is that what I sound like? And then I've gone. Well, you know, I've I've obviously done something slightly different there because I don't usually speak like that. So you know, I'm obviously tuning myself to something. So yeah, it's I've I've loved doing it. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. Really cool. I I've heard um, you know the uh, Alex McQueen master for yeah. finish. Um, I've always thought that like i wondered like how he would act if he were like live action because mm -hmm. he sounds quite close and he sounds quite insular and quite ooh, you know and then like i think in the masterful behind the scenes he was like you know if you acted like this in real life like on a set you would get laughed out of town absolutely because yeah because you've got to you've got, it's, it's almost like um yeah like you've got to completely like your your voice has got to say I'm standing a certain way I'm you know expressing this in a certain way my face is doing that you've got to express all of that just through your voice so yeah you're definitely going to be hamming it up um, it's very theatrical isn't it I think that's probably why classic series Doctor Who works so well with audio because it's very expositional and I think that's why it's interesting when you see the new series Doctors because they're kind of working within a format that's been uh, laid out by the classic series dramas. Um, and it's very expositional as well. So suddenly you've got like David Tennant. It's like, 
This is like he's going through a, a Bob Baker and Dave Martin script the way he's going on. Like this is really weird, and uh, but that kind of I'm I'm sure for them is a whole other challenge playing this part, uh, especially David Shannon or, or Matt Smith if he ever decides to do it. So physical with his portrayal. How do yeah. you get that across as as a voice actor? You know, it must be very difficult. Yeah, and apparently Eccleston was like. Uh, oh, I'm kicking things about and messing things up for the sound engineer. <laughs> I I think he. I'm so glad that he's enjoying himself. That's yeah, like me too. Such a lovely, warm thing to be like. Ah, oh, Christopher Eccleston stopped him again, and he's happy. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of. It, it really does does warm 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 your soul. Yeah, I was. I've. I. I uh, recorded a review of the Night Doctor Adventures. For the channel it's still not edited or uploaded yet um but you know during that I, th I think towards the end i sort of expressed just sort of how i feel about the whole situation how you know eccleston is the doctor again he's like you know he's back he's the doctor he's doctor who again but it, you know it's on certain terms it's not necessarily with bbc wales it's with big finish he's the doctor Mm. And with his character as well, you know, like you can tell he wants to be the swashbuckling hero like David's yes. doctor was. He actually, he actually likes playing him, like loves playing him because it's exactly. such a, it's such a, a, a you know, a, um, departure from a lot of his other roles. Um, yeah, I think secretly he likes playing the, the, the optimistic hero. Yeah. Yeah. I think he does. I think I think the fact that that was reflected in him saying, you know, I want to do stories like this. You know, I, I don't, I, you know, I'd like to have a Doctor's portrayal that's written like that. I think, yeah, I mean, obviously it's because he wants to enjoy it and that's the Doctor that he enjoys playing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I sort of, people were sort of complaining about how he didn't you know is pre-rose so he doesn't sound depressed and oh he's out of character but like i that that wouldn't be a good sort of introduction to him like a character he loves playing who's very bright and optimistic and stuff absolutely that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been a good introduction to bringing him back you want, already, you want yeah. to hit the ground running with him like the first time you hear the ninth doctor you want it to be him out of breath, running down a corridor. You know, that's what you want. You don't want him sat in the, in the corner corner of the room going, oh, I'm really sad, me. And then the, the and then the theme tune plays. Like, yeah. hey, we're, we're in for a fun ride, aren't we? You know, it's nice that he's, exactly. he's doing, doing the more of the kind of comic action hero thing now. That's cool. Also, I think he did say in, a, in the interview for Doctor Who magazine that maybe in the future... Like he's the one to say, maybe in the future we'll do more darker stuff. It's a development, though, isn't it? Because he's finding his feet in the role for you know again, and he can do whatever they, they can do whatever they want. Really, you know, he, he can yeah. he can have an input into what kind of stories he might want to involve himself in, and that's cool. Um, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a pleasure to have him back. Whatever he's doing, it's just it's a really lovely kind of yeah story having him back in, and involved in the show again. Yeah, it's awesome. Cool, cool. I mean, I put in a hot take here. I I was never really that because I always saw that the the Doctor regenerated straight after the Time War, and then it was Rose straight away. 
So I never mm. really envisaged a Ninth Doctor era before that. So yeah, I suppose yeah. I suppose that's the trouble. If if you're if if you really want to get into into Big Finish, you've got to you've got to take um, you know a sledgehammer to to the canon of the program and to the yeah. continuity. And really, I I think don't, yeah, like I probably would have got a bit hung up about stuff like that. And because it is, it's, it's headcanon, isn't it? Like, mm. that's the way it is to me. So, like, that's that, that, that's the you know, that's the way it should be, or whatever. And I, I, I agree, I, I love the idea that he's just regenerated from being John Hurt and walks into Rose's flat like that. I love that, I think that's that's quite neat, but um. It's not that interesting, is it, really? Well, it gives you more opportunity, like, really, doesn't it, to tell new stories, just bending the canon a little bit. Exactly. And we don't really know what happened before then. So, mm. you know, it's, it's good fun. They they, they, they they could have made a, a whole run. I made a joke about it on Twitter where he demitted, he's, he, he's there and he's like, what does he say? Um, Rose turns him down. He just dematerializes, goes off and has 900 adventures with a new companion that dies yeah. and then comes back and says, oh, by the way, it also travels in time. And then, and then the rose the rose era begins with series one. You can easily yeah. mm. I'm going to uh, pass it off think, to Lewis for just sorry. I, I was just going. I think. Uh, sorry, uh, I think in the in the in the rose novelization, there's a bit, uh, you know, just after uh, he's told Rose about the turn of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the book it says that once he goes off in the TARDIS he spends like a few weeks having adventures mm, yeah. yeah well there so you go it, it, it's it's lovely that you know I th- it's nice that it's, you know you definitely know that Russell's put that in go th- throw a big finisher bone here because I think Moffat used to do it actually uh, actively in the programme is he yeah. would give the Doctor long periods of time off screen so that big finish could suck in you know 900 box sets um, in that in that half a second so that's, you know, that's cool. Cool. Yeah. So I'm just going to bat over to Lewis with a couple more questions from Harry Moorcroft. Have you ever seen Harry's work before, Billy? Scribbles uh, to screen? His name doesn't ring a bell. I'm, I'm, I'm going to send you it before, because yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a really, really awesome artist and I, I think cool. you'll like his work. So I'm going to send you it. Cool. Um, go on. No, no, go on. I'll let you read. live comments, but I didn't actually original video he asked he was basically saying he likes your reviews and thinks they're fun uh he wanted to ask how long you and matt have known each other and whether you were involved personally with the action figure adventures uh, uh yeah i uh i well we've, we've known each other since 20 well seven years whenever the first review went out in 2014 um uh so yeah we've known each other that long and we've been you know kind of best mates since then really um I only ever did one or two things for his action figure adventures. I'm in one of the later Eighth Doctor ones in that last series. And then I think I'm also in the one that he did with the War Doctor as well. There's a segment where uh, there's a radio that's playing and it's like New Year's Day 2005 or something like that. And I'm a, I'm a newsreader. I did it live on my student union radio show um, and sent him, sent him the file. So I'm in a couple of them, but I wasn't really that heavily involved in, in them themselves. He's the maestro at that. I'd probably ruin it. Do we have any more? Uh, the other one, sort of Billy specifically, is are there any other properties you'd want to discuss with Matt? 
like, oh, yeah, I mean, we... Yeah, yeah, we talked about well, the Spider-Man stuff back in the old review of Death Days. There were a couple of times we talked about that kind of thing, and I enjoyed that. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, I, I've I've tried to force him to watch some wrestling. He's tried to force me to watch some He-Man. Um, I've uh, both involving involving topless sweaty men. I've um, also put forward a few ideas. We we have actually recorded a whole video about James Bond, which by the time it was scheduled to come out was completely irrelevant because the movie had been delayed or we knew all about the movie or whatever. So that might come out at some point. Um, but I'd like to talk about Bond. Red Dwarf would be fun. Um, and yeah, somebody did suggest as well in our Patreon Discord that we might do something about Ghostwatch for Halloween as well. That would be fun. Oh yeah, uh, and I Ghostwatch saw your, um, your film, which was heavily inspired by... Ghostwatch. Very heavily inspired by Ghostwatch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was basically a ripoff. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I told Stephen Bolk that because he's he, he had seen it when I met him. Um, cool. He'd actually seen it, and I was like, "Oh, that's 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 pretty cool." Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, we yeah maybe we'll do something like that for Halloween. I don't know. I'm going to try and get us cosplaying for Halloween. I'll work out what we're gonna we're gonna wear. But I'm going to try and get us cosplaying for the Halloween episode. Nice. I'll just pass cool. on to Lewis. Any That's more? Everything specifically Billy. Just while you take... Okay, just check on the live one, and I'll just ask yeah. Billy how much longer you are wanting to stay on. I, I'm, I'm probably about about done now, actually. Half, half eight, I've got, I've got, um, yeah, got something on. I'm yeah. afraid, guys. <laughs> That's Sorry, right. I don't mean to... We've not That's got anything okay. in the chat anyway, so it's it's fine. I mean, cool. hours a good an hour is a good time for a podcast anyway. Uh, it is. Start to, start to lose energy. Well, we did have a false start, so I mean, that kind of took a bit off, which was a bit of a shame. That's, but, a, um, that's, well, that's cool. Though. That's cool. It's been lovely speaking to you guys. It's 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 a cool like setup you've got here with this. So, oh, yeah. thank you. It's, it's been great to have you on. Yeah, when it works, it's good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. you know what? You know, you just you just persevere for those things, don't you? Yeah. 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 So. Um, just, I'll just pass over to Mana to say some closing words. <sighs> <laughs> She's not good at goodbyes. Right. Um, so, thank you very much, Billy, for joining us on this podcast. Thank you for answering our questions. Thank, thanks for talking to us. Thanks for uh, answering some of our views questions. Um, You're very welcome. It's been, it has been a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. Um, cool. Thanks for We're all terrible at ending these things. <laughs> <laughs> We're all really bad at ending streams. It's like when you're waving someone off so, at the door and you're like, bye, 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 and you're closing the door really slowly. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> and we always suck at that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let's stop so, stucking. Stop stucking. Anyway. Stop stucking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I have been Mana. Who have you been? I've that been person, those two people. I there. don't know who you're pointing at. <laughs> Pointing at us. Lewis, it's been Lewis. Yeah. This has been Lewis who's not on screen. <laughs> yeah. Why I'm holding my hand up. But um and yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode of the Mono Supreme Podcast. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Okay.